What's up, everything? The NHL is officially expanding to 32 teams, meaning that we will now have 31 teams above us in the standings. The Blues, meanwhile, managed to get another point this week, which was almost impressive considering that the team has been devastated by injuries. But don't worry, folks, there's plenty of time. Just try to ignore that loud, flatlining sound in the background. Clear! everyone this is the two guys no cup podcast it is thursday december 6th 2018 we are coming to you from our scenic and homely studios in east liverpool ohio on the banks of the ohio river as nearly as i can tell there's no west liverpool or even just a regular liverpool in ohio but there is an east liverpool and that's where we are why? I don't know, but it is the erstwhile pottery capital of the world, and it's the hometown of legendary football coach Lou Holtz, which I'm sure are not things that you can find in the opening paragraph of its Wikipedia page, <laughs> let me tell you. The... I'm certain that what didn't happen was that I didn't have a cleverer idea this week for where we'd come from, so I just did a random town in the United States. Mm. I'm sure that didn't happen. I want to dwell on East how Liverpool, it's... Liverpool, also not east of the real Liverpool, either. So. It's also the pottery capital of the world. So they claimed. The world. But the erstwhile, it stopped now. Oh, okay. So it's back to being, in I don't 1800s. know, Greece. <laughs> that's, I suppose that's a country. <laughs> Whatever. Grease the city. Grease the place. Grease the movie. Grease lightning. Grease, grease, grease. Um, let's start with a thing that happened today, just real quickly, just to address <laughs> it. Um, those of you who follow us on Twitter may know that we had an incident, I guess is a good way to describe it, where uh, Lou Korak, who is a very good reporter for the St. Louis Blues, retweeted one of our tweets, where we had retweeted one of his tweets, and in our tweet, we were complaining about players not showing up for the optional skate. And when I say we this whole time, it's really just me. Ian was, no, loop me in. Ian was clickety-clacking away innocently as his desk while I was watching the world burn. But anyway, <laughs> Lou retweeted us and said, Making an example out of this because I've seen too many like it. Just because a guy isn't on the ice doesn't mean he's taking the day off. They all come in, they go through video sessions, and those that don't go on the ice get in off-ice workouts. Season is a grind. And I just wanted to say that I agree with him, and I actually regretted sending the tweet I sent almost immediately after sending it before he sent his. And honestly, people might be surprised to know this, but as much weird crap as it gets out on our Twitter, there's almost twice that amount of stuff that I think about but never send or alter <laughs> dramatically before I send it. Uh, so on the one hand, I am sorry that I was overly critical of the team for not being at practice or at an optional skate and that I didn't really apparently have a total grasp on what an optional skate is, and I'm glad to know. On the other hand, I don't think that it's out of, the, out of line to question this team's effort this season, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to apologize for that. So... 
Uh, I appreciate Lou and respect him. He's not listening to this anyway. He might listen this time. Maybe he will. And in which case, Lou, thank you for schooling us publicly. We love you, Lou, but you're no JR. Oh, I mean, it's true. It's true. So, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll deal with that. He'll be just fine. We'll never, ever direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because this tweet will live forever. That's true. That's and Disney true. has fired us. I'm sorry. Disney Rocket Raccoon is not coming fans. back. They put us in a short list of non-candidates for <laughs> Captain Marvel 17. <laughs> uh, is that the one where she's underground? Well, it would have been if we'd yeah. had it. Fighting mole people. <laughs> okay, so let's get on to the actual meat of our podcast. Um, we announced this on Twitter earlier in the week, but we're actually going to be road testing some changes to our format. Minor changes, nothing that I think anyone will have a big problem with. Um, but last week it was like a full 50 minutes before we talked about the blues at all. And we are a blues podcast, as Ian and a couple of listeners pointed out on Twitter. Um, so we're going to be working to move the blues news up earlier in the schedule of the podcast and then ending with our regular discussion of league news and other shenanigans. With that said, though, we'll still be kicking it off with whatever the big NHL story of the week is, whether that be local or um, national. And this week, that story is, of course, the NHL officially expanding to Seattle, or as some people call it, Southern Vancouver. (laughs) Um, We'll kick it off with the tweet of the week, which we have not done all season. We've been very sad. That's why. Everything was made. There's nothing funny. There's just depression. Yep. And the tweet of the week this week goes to Down Goes Brown. He really needs us to pump the tires on his tweet numbers, I'll Mm. tell you. He tweets, partial transcript of the NHL's unanimous vote on Seattle's expansion. Dallas, we vote yes. Detroit, yes. Edmonton, yes. Florida, fine, you can have Barkov. You can just say yes. Ekblad, too. (laughs) And, of course, that is no homage to their giving up not only Jonathan Marsha show and who was the other half of that, Riley, Riley. Smith, yeah, um, but also their head coach in a roundabout way. Granted, they fired him first, but that was a poor decision as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so the NHL officially announced what we've known for well over a year, that they will be expanding to Seattle starting... I'm confused. Is it the 2020-21 season or the 2021-22 season? I believe the expansion draft will be the summer of 2021. So we'll start playing 2021-22. Okay. So um, that team will play in the Pacific Division, meaning that the Coyotes will move to the Central Division and to Houston. (laughs) Um, How do you feel about the Coyotes moving to our division, first of all? That's the most immediately Mm. blues news. I saw some people saying that this just showed the NHL or Gary Bettman just didn't care about the Central at all. And maybe it does a little bit, but I think it shows more that they just don't care about the Coyotes. Despite buoying that team with all their own money for the last 10 plus years, they don't care. So they go, eh, you get the scraps. But also, I believe their mountain time were... They're mountain time in the Pacific, and 
Edmonton and Calgary are the only other two mountain time teams mm-hmm. in there, and they're not moving either of those to the Central because that would like ruin a rivalry. They'd have to move both of them. Yeah. So, yeah. so Arizona's the odd one out. But I do think it makes it a lot easier for when they do move because mm-hmm. they, oh, my God. I've said they have are going to move for the last, I don't know, for as long as I've known they're a hockey team, yeah. and they haven't, but I still believe they will at some point. And Houston was reported to be making a push for NHL team last year. I mean, as early as last year. So I could see that happening. Yeah. I, I just interestingly, they could have moved like Edmonton and Calgary to the central and moved Colorado to the Pacific. That might've been interesting, but this was the easiest solution. <laughs> um, and yeah, as we kind of have hinted at, uh, conspiracy theorists, this is a quote from Craig, Craig Morgan of The Athletic. might have been Craig Moran. That might have been an autocorrect, but one or the other. Um, conspiracy theorists have suggested that this move would pave the way for the Coyotes' relocation to Houston around the time Seattle joins the league in 2021-22. Owner Andrew Barraway's recent discussion with potential investors have only fanned those flames. If that's the case, then all bets are off, and the Coyotes' illogical move to the Central would make sense once they migrated to Texas. Of course, the NHL has denied any rumors, any such accusations. I really don't believe that the Coyotes will stay in Phoenix for very long. I think if they're going to freeze expansion, as they claim they're going to for the time being, they're going to have to clean up some of these markets that aren't just Mm. aren't NHL quality, whether it's Ottawa and the arena deal, you know, either kicking out Melnick and getting it to an ownership group that's serious about an arena downtown or moving them, you know, same with um, Phoenix and same with maybe Florida. I don't know. Florida is at least in Miami. Phoenix is a huge metro area, though, too. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I would think that would be the next logical kind of league project as far as franchise value goes. Yeah, they could move Florida if they ever wanted to, to Quebec City. Yeah. They could still stay in the Atlantic. Yeah. If and you're one nice team in Florida and Tampa Bay and have what is that, four Canadian teams up there, mm-hmm. that'd be kind of fun. And that's the thing, teams like, or cities like Quebec City, um, Houston, to a lesser extent, the other GTA team greater toronto area group that wants to possibly join um hartford like other cities that are trying to get nhl teams they're kind of disappointed by this news but i don't think anybody's surprised um i think houston has to happen at some point it's kind of silly if somebody wants a franchise in a city that big for them to not at least test the market Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't be shocked to see atlanta explored again at some point you know but it's hard. It's hard to judge where the league is, even as much as franchise values are going up right now. Um, so the expansion draft rules for this team are officially identical to the current rules uh, that were in place for the Vegas draft, with the exception that Vegas itself is exempt, which I still think is sort of stupid, but probably wouldn't think that if Vegas hadn't become really good immediately yeah. out of the gate. Um, it does give them a lot of room to exploit, though, the expansion <laughs> draft again, which Seattle itself won't get. I, th- I feel like Seattle sort of gets boned by Vegas not being in the expansion draft, not because they won't be able to steal someone off Vegas, but because somebody 
you know, because Vegas will get to take advantage of it and because the teams that already got screwed by Vegas the first time around aren't going to fall for that again yeah. necessarily. Oh, but you know new teams will. Yeah, that's Oh, uh, there'll true. be two or three that just botch <laughs> that's this. probably true. Um, so that is expected to be it for expansion for the time being. So let's talk about the expansion draft way too early mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so I guess Bozak who I thought was the draftee, probably, yeah. won't be drafted because his contract will already be done. But there's somebody here with one year David more. Brown. Oh, boy. David, oh boy. come on down. You're going to be a Seattle Seminaw. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's too early, really, to look at the expansion draft. I was thinking it was two years away when I read this, but... Um, the, I mean, the only things to remember when we get there is it's the same sort of seven forwards, three defensemen, one goalie, or eight skaters and one goalie. Um, <clears throat> it is all players with a no-movement clause must be protected uh, unless they waive it like Marc-Andre Fleury did, I think, when the Knights drafted him. And then first and second year players are exempt as our draftees that are unsigned, so... Um, we don't know who that might be, but potentially Dominic Bach or Quim Costin, depending on when they come up to the NHL. Uh, and then there are minimum exposure requirements that we don't really need to get into right now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's too far, it's too far ahead to know who will even possibly be on this team at that point. Um, but yeah, like you said, David Perron will have one year left on his deal and how sad would that be? That's okay. We'll just sign him back. (laughs) And he'll retire here. Can we just sign him back after Seattle is done with their first season? Then he's old. You know, he'll be, what, mid-30s? Mm-hmm. And then he just retires here? Yeah. Just sign and retire immediately. You go, oh, that's a nice story. <laughs> Bye. Never sign a contract with another team. Um, we asked on Twitter for some names for the new franchise. Here those, those are. Paul Mills went all out and said... Uh, gave us a ton of names. He said the Seattle Sea Lions, Seattle Evergreen, the Seattle Cougars, the Seattle Eagles, the Seattle Whales, the Greyhounds, the Marlins, the Lions, the Serpents, the Salmon, and the Dolphins. Any thoughts on those? Uh, I like I like Evergreen, but it sounds weird too. And also, it's just gonna be I don't know. I don't like things where they're um, like the wild or the heat forest, or it's just like oh, yeah. a it's just like a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is the blues just a thing? It at least has the S for like plural. Yeah. I know. I know heat can be plural, but it's like, what is that? What is the wild? Ah, uh, hot. Is, yeah, is I'm one like, hot I'm so confused. Uh, I kind of like the sea lions, Seattle sea lions, Seattle eagles. I'm down with that. I'm down with like animal names where it doesn't even have anything to do with where you're from. I kind of get a little tired of teams having to be like, what's the heritage of this city? What can we use? I'm like, I don't know. Are there bears in Chicago? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But it sounds dope. So it's Chicago bears, yeah. you know? So like, do whatever you want. Se- Ooh, Seattle serpents. How about like, Seattle, I think I like Seattle sockeyes the most. We yeah. heard that online somewhere. Yeah, we've read that before. Dan Riley says the Amazon Primes of Seattle. <laughs> I think if Gary Bettman's not okay with the patches on the jersey, it's going to be a real big job convincing him <laughs> to name the team after a sponsor. But you never know. I like the effort. Um, O'Reilly Stick Curve says Seattle Snipers. 
Jake Webb, our, our dear friend Jake Webb, says, how many times do I have to say Washington Capitals before it isn't funny anymore? Because I'm going to freaking say it that many times plus some more. <laughs> um, Seattle, of course, is not the capital of Washington, which... Jake knows, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's call them the Seattle Olympuses. Here's, here's what I figured out the other day, though, Jake. I don't think I've even told him this yet on Twitter, but you could call them the Washington Caps, make it short for cappuccinos, but oh. nobody asks any questions. You got it. What's Vancouver's MLS team? It's like the White, White Caps. Caps. Ooh, Seattle White double. Caps. It's a double. There you go. <laughs> Just like screw Vancouver. That starts a rivalry, folks. There you go. They were already taking snipes at the press conference. Uh, Tommy Hummel says the Seattle Sasquatch. I like it. Mr. Blues Hat says the Seattle Sparkway Vampires and included a lovely gif of Robert Pattinson, if that's your thing. Mm -hmm. And it is everyone's because he's oh so dreamy. (laughs) Um, Justin Horniker says, originally I said the Supersonics, but I have changed my mind uh, to the Metropolitans, which is, of course, a throwback to the first ever American team to win the Cup and I think is what they will ultimately be called. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Christopher Singor says, The Seattle grunge with flannel uniforms and Eddie Vedder hanging from the rafters. I like it. Why are you killing Eddie Vedder? <laughs> <laughs> Very dark. But He's also, had a great run for a grunge singer, to be fair. That'd be part of Seattle's culture, I'm That's just saying. True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> dark. Dark. Um... I don't know how to say chitip meow meow. I know the first four letters are CHTP, but the rest of it is meow meow meow. Says the hockey McHockey faces, which again, I think Gary Bettman may have some issues with, but I like it. I like the ingenuity. Thomas Brinker says the package men or pac men for short, which I really like. Also an homage to Amazon's presence in the area. Um, Mike Keenan sucks says the Seattle snappers which is different from the Seattle Snipers. And then they didn't tweet this to us, but I did see Heart of the NHL (laughs) suggest the Rain City Bitch Pigeons, (laughs) which I personally love. Um, I do think it's probably leaning towards the Metropolitans um, because that is the history of hockey in the area and the NHL is fighting to get the trademarks. They already did. I guess you didn't listen to Steve Dangle's podcast, but they got... The trademark um, from for Canada, but some brilliant twenty six year old bastard bought the American <laughs> trademark like three or four years ago, and now they're gonna have to like buy it from him for some exorbitant amount if they want it. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they go about that. But I do think that's a strong possibility. But I love the sockeyes too, or the steel. Steelheads are, you know, one of those, mm-hmm. one of them fish things. <laughs> I want, I, I want them to like do green probably, but I don't want them to like do the neon necessarily. Yeah, that might hurt my eyes. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Like maybe. if you did like an inverse of Vancouver's jerseys, like that sort of like forest green, but it's not, but it's not as dark as like Minnesota's green. That's mm-hmm. kind, of, I guess, like an emerald green sort of. Uh, I think that'd be cool, sort of primary green and have, like, your secondary color be, like, blue. If mm-hmm. you look at Whalers jerseys from, like, when in oh, Hartford, yeah. kind of like that, maybe minus some of the gray. There's a little too much gray in those for mm-hmm. my, my liking. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also, their their current Twitter scheme is red and black, but it's really, like, dark shades. They're, mm-hmm. like, really clear shades of both, and I wouldn't hate that. 
Wouldn't be bad, but, but it would be somebody out of red team for Seattle. Yeah. Um. Overall, I'm excited. I think with the success of Vegas, how could we not be? I love expansion. I love new teams. Mm-hmm. I love team names and team colors and all that. Oh, this is already my second favorite team. Unless they bot, actually, honestly, unless they bot, yeah, unless they botch the jerseys, honestly, you could have like (laughs) all the people I hate on that team, and I'll still make them my second favorite team. But if the jerseys are like, I don't know, yellow and orange. Uh that are real close together, and then a dash of brown just right down the middle, I'll be like, oh. I don't like this team anymore, or expansion, or hockey, or the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's my the only big worry is that I'm really excited for the team and the uniform, but just please give us something original and exciting and creative. Don't mm-hmm. be old hockey men. Even the Golden Knights, I mean, the, the uniforms ended up being kind of cool, but when you first heard that name, when we both first heard that name, it was like, no. Oh. Um, that's weird how that settled in. Now to me that sounds... Kind of natural, but you're right. I remember first hearing that. I was like, what are they doing down there? Golden Knights. It was the Aces. It was so easy. The Las Vegas Aces. Oh, God. It's still still tragic that they didn't do that. Look, you make your home jerseys black and white. You make your away jerseys red and white. Which is hilarious. They're just like cards. In hindsight, I think that was because they didn't want any gambling terminology. Mm -hmm. And now... They're like a year and a half later. They're like buddy buddy with the gambling. I realize, you know, the Supreme Court changed laws and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Still, it is unfortunate timing when you think about it. True. Um, I guarantee when MLB expands to Las Vegas, which is their plan, it will be the Aces. <laughs> MLB, a thousand yeah. percent. MLB don't care. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any final thoughts on expansion before we move on to Blues news? No, it's just too bad that it's gonna be that far away it seemed like vegas all of a sudden transpired very quickly Mm -hmm. over the course of like a year and a half this feels like it's a lot further away but i think they'll be interesting for storylines as far as contracts go and as you approach it it's kind of this looming deadline in the back Mm -hmm. yeah i think um yeah overall i'm excited it is interesting to see how it all row together though um and it's fun to have this long awaiting period so let's get started on the blues now um on the injury side of things the blues are in bad shape um (laughs) merry christmas on the bright side Jaden schwartz and carl gunnerson are both listed as day-to-day and considered close um schwartz is not making the trip to winnipeg i don't think gunnerson is either alex steen is making the trip, so I guess they think he's pretty close after the high, very illegal check that did not warrant any supplemental discipline for reasons passing understanding to me from Eric Johnson, but anyway. (laughs) um, Eric Foley, just so we don't forget about him, is still recovering from the concussion he sustained at the Traverse City Tournament. Garrett and I are so sorry, Eric. We made that happen. (laughs) Um... Yeah, Alex Steen is dealing with concussion symptoms, not a concussion, just the symptoms mm-hmm. thereof. <laughs> um, after the brutal hit by Eric Johnson, he's currently listed as day-to-day. I thought it could be a while, but it doesn't sound like it will be. Uh, the NHL's most unfortunate man is on the shelf again. <laughs> Robbie Fabry suffered a separated shoulder uh, after an 
unfortunate and brutal but legal hit from Josh Archibald. I think it was Josh Archibald of the Coyotes. Uh, surgery isn't required. He will be reevaluated around Christmas. And then most dangerous of all, the uh, captain, the minor hand injury that Alex Petrangelo suffered that he was expected to miss a game or two with, uh, isn't so minor. It turns out he took a hit from Gabriel Landeskog and went down the tunnel favoring his wrist. Um, he will likely need surgery. The best case scenario is he's being reevaluated around Christmas, which won't be very soon. I'm surprised to see that the second game with him on the shelf um, didn't turn out to be a disaster, but he mm-hmm. is gone for a while. What do you think about that? Uh, you know what? Any other season, I'd be very worried because I'm like, wow, we really need that number one defenseman. Otherwise, we're going to start sucking. But we've already started sucking, so <laughs> I like you, Alex. I like you more than probably most vocal fans on Twitter and on the internet, but I, I don't think your presence was helping anyway as the start. It wasn't enough, I'll say. Um, I'm, I was interested in watching the... I want to say it was the Edmonton game. I wanted to say the Edmonton game because it was the Edmonton <laughs> game uh, to see Pareko and Edmonton take on first pairing roles, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about it then. But I would, that's most of the reason I tuned into that game because I knew it was going to be a loss. Pareko played like 29 minutes in that game. Woof. Jay Bumister played 25. Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> So the Blues are now without... Both halves of the supposedly cancerous leadership duo of yore, um, for those of you that follow internet rumors, both Petrangelo and Steen are out, and they almost, kind of almost, won a game in that time. Um, they have given Pareko and O'Reilly's A's, and then they gave Edmondson one. Yeah, they gave him one last night, for sure. What do you think about those decisions? Uh... That's all right. Who we got? I just heard Edmondson. What are the other two? Pareko and O'Reilly. Oh, okay. O'Reilly is pretty obvious. No, those all, those all seem but... fine. No, I think those are good. Yeah. He had an A, I'm assuming, in Buffalo, for sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, those seem fine. In fact... Because there's an A in game, which he love his, lost his love of. <laughs> oh, yeah. There were already quotes in the paper after the Coyotes game about how he just didn't know what's wrong, and then he said... Then that it said he sighed. And then he said, I just don't know. And I was like, oh boy. That dude has to feel cursed at this point. I feel bad for Ryan O'Reilly. I really do. <laughs> I, I agree. Jeremy Rutherford had a quote from Braden Shin. He said, Shin, on some blues being more vocal with Petrangelo slash Steen out. Yeah, but with or without those guys, those guys aren't stopping anyone from being vocal. We need guys to step up on and off the ice. Braden Shen laying down the law. Nobody is following said law. <laughs> um, my only response to that is, so um, step up then, I guess. Uh, I think the Blues, I thought, I still think the Blues without Petrangelo will be an unmitigated disaster. I wrote a quick article about it. The three positives I see are that we will know whether they can trade him mm-hmm. after this. We will also know if they have to extend him. Those are two sides of the same coin, <laughs> but, you know. Um, basically, it's an opportunity to see just how valuable he is, like you were kind of saying earlier. And most of all, we'll lose a lot, which is good, because now I'm fully on the lose for Hughes bandwagon. Yeah. So, Does anyone out there think this team has 
like a snowball's chance in hell. Hit us up if you of, do. Like, I won't make the playoffs you, and like, being okay. Just let us know. I, I just feel like it's finally happened. Like it really happened. Like no one believes in this team anymore. You'd have to go like thirty-eight and whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever the other half of thirty-eight is, thirty-seven and however many games are left. What, yeah. How many have we played? We're Twenty-six. Nine. Right? Yeah. 9, 13, and 4. So 20, 82 minus 26. I'm so bad at math. It's 60. It's 56, right? I'm, so I'm just going to let you 37 talk. 37 and 19. That's what we'd have to go for the rest of the season. You heard it here. Not happening. We're not, we've gone, we've gone basically, we've had a 333 winning percentage on this season. We're not going to suddenly have a 666 winning percentage for the rest Did of the season. Did you say we'd have to win 37 games? Uh-huh. And to we, get to 95, which isn't even guaranteed yeah. to get us into the playoffs this year. We'd have to win 37 better. of our remaining 59 games, right? Or something like that. 37 games. Over the course of the next four months, five months, four months, five, four, four, four months, and change. Yeah, and we haven't won ten games yet, <laughs> <laughs> and we have to win thirty-seven more. I have to say, I knew this team was terrible, and still, when I looked at the standings today and saw that we were basically nine and seventeen, so one short of. One third wins, two third losses. I'm not taking the Batman standard into account here, so screw him. I was just like, wow, we're like garbage. Yeah. Like, I knew we were garbage, but that really reinforced, like, we're garbage. <laughs> we only have two, we only have two two game winning streaks this whole year. <laughs> How bad would you feel to be the second of those teams? <laughs> I know. Whoever I they know. are. Um, We'll talk about it later, I guess, but I also think the Barube experiment, that one's in the tubes. I think we can officially <laughs> cross that off yeah, the list. Yeah, come on, really, why, seriously. Why don't we hop into this Arizona catastrophe? Yeah, we're, we're just really we're sink our teeth in. Um, the Blues took on the Arizona Coyotes oh. on Saturday night at the Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. <laughs> that one from ethnic to not ethnic <laughs> to real quick. Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. <laughs> um, the lineup was O'Reilly centering Thomas and Tarasenko. Thomas had been benched the game before and jumped right onto the first line in Alex Dean's absence. Uh, Braden Shin centering Fabry and Perron. Was this? Oh, yeah, this was the game Fabry got hurt. Uh, Bozak centering Maroon and Samuel Blay, and Barbashev centering Sanf- Sanford and Sunquist, who I guess could just become Sanfist in the future. <laughs> Sanfist. <laughs> um, that sounds like an Overwatch character. <laughs> uh, Edmondson and Pareko, Dunn and Bortuzzo, and oh boy, Bowmeister and Schmaltz are your uh, starting defensive pairings. And Chad Johnson, because it was the second game of a back-to-back, was your goaltender not great. Um, like we said, with Steen and Petrangelo out, Pareko and O'Reilly got the A's. Um, some people were angry about Johnson starting. It doesn't really bother me. Maybe it's because I'm not a big Allen believer anyway, but I just think it's 99 times out of 100 you're starting a guy you're starting two goalies on a back-to-back. That's, like, most of the reason mm-hmm. you have two goalies, so... 
that's fine with me. Um, the story of this game was basically the amazing number of penalties that the uh, St. Louis Blues took. Sunquist took a penalty not, not long in. The penalty kill is aggressive and even wins a faceoff in the era zone. Uh, <laughs> Bad. Oh <boy. laughs> uh, I'm laughing at my own jokes from the show notes. I went into this <laughs> Who game. Who is this guy who wrote this? This is great. <laughs> Hire him immediately. I went into this game like so excited to watch it for some reason and take really detailed notes. And throughout the course of our show notes, which are extensive, you can just see me caring less and being more and more depressed. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a hooking call on Robert Bortuzzo. There was then later a too many men on the ice penalty, um, which if you haven't seen, JR wrote an article on The Athletic about why there are so many too many men on the ice penalties. There aren't really conclusions exactly, <laughs> but it is kind of interesting. Um, and everybody promises that it'll be fixed, which I'm certain it won't be because we have the most in the NHL over the last three seasons tied with Ottawa. But hey. I think immediately in the Edmonton game, there's a too many men on the ice call. There was? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Jacob Chikrin scored a goal uh, on that ensuing penalty uh, with an assist by Clayton Keller, who is quite good. Chesterfield native. <laughs> Chesterfield native Clayton Keller. Chesterfieldian. Yes, exactly. He, uh, the Coyotes basically had total control of the puck in the zone for 30 se- or 90 seconds. Oliver, Oscar, Edward, Ekman Larson scored. I think it's Edward. Ekman Larson <laughs> took a shot that got bodied. Uh, Sunquist had it but couldn't clear it. Con- Keller controlled along the board. Sunquist chased him, which abandoned his zone on the ice, which Jacob Chitron was happily, happily prepared to come to rest in that area of the ice. Called for the pass. Keller delivered it nicely, and it was a pretty nice wrist shot that roofed it over Johnson, who was probably screened. Um, we didn't learn our lesson, as two minutes later, Samuel Boy took a two uh, double minor <laughs> for high sticking. Um, and then somewhere late in this period was where Fabry got, took the pincer-like hit that crushed him into the shoulder, crushed him into the boards, and he left grimacing and clutching his shoulder and didn't return. As we now know, it was separated. Um, last episode, we talked about how those early period of goals will kill you. Well, they sure will, and the Coyotes <laughs> got one fifty-eight seconds in to the um, penalty into the period. Uh, this one was by Clayton Keller, assisted by Nick Schmaltz. Stan Bowman's an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know there are people on the other side of this trade for me, but he is not smart. Uh, Nick Schmaltz just looked dynamite this entire game. Uh, um, Jordan Schmaltz did assist his brother on assisting this goal, so Aww. that was nice. Uh, he chipped a puck forward, and neither of the Blues standing right there did anything to stop Nick from taking it, so it's really not totally his fault. But it's not... Not his fault. <laughs> Schmaltz got it at the blue line. He skated it across the ice to the other blue line. Uh, he dumped it off to Keller as Jill, as uh, 
Yes, Jordan Schmaltz, Sammy Boy, and Robert Bortuzzo were backpedaling for some reason. I guess they learned from Sunquist's mistake on the last goal of chasing their opposition and decided to do the opposite, namely run away from them. <laughs> uh, Keller took the shot and easily scored it because Schmaltz was also screening Chad Johnson on this play. Not a great night for Jordan Schmaltz, who I do not think at the present has a particularly bright NHL future. Yeah, I, I don't think he's on this team next, next season, year, like a hundred percent. Robert Thomas scored his second goal of the game of the season and of his career in this crappy, crappy game, assisted by Jay Bomeister of all people. Um, Jay got a, a dish from Ryan O'Reilly. I'm not speaking well tonight, and had. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, judging by that picture that I took, probably 30 feet of ice space, just totally unprotected. He's like, what, maybe like four feet in from the blue line, and the closest Coyotes player is, is like right in the in middle the of the slot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right in the slot, exactly. Um, <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, no respect paid to him as a shooter or an offensive threat at all, which I can't entirely blame them but he took a shot hard that thomas tipped in um i don't really understand how o'reilly didn't get an assist on this i don't never went to check if they gave him one later sometimes assists are weird uh christian fisher though scored a goal five five um well a minute and a half later uh his fifth of the season with Derek Stepan giving his fifth assist and Jordan Osterley giving his fifth assist. It was a lot of fives. Five, on five, this one. five. Uh, it was a consecutive goal, three minutes apart, 13 times this season. We have to, I guess Edmonton didn't have any of those because they scored in the second. No, the third, yep. Unless you count two shootout goals, which you shouldn't. But anyway, <laughs> I'm sure someone's defense would be, yeah, but we scored between these two, to which I say, nay. <laughs> anyway, um, the Yotes won a face-off and took a shot from the point. Fisher collected and circled for a wraparound on an empty net. He couldn't bury it. A few more whacks, and then Johnson's incapacitated the whole time, and finally Fisher gets it on a different rebound and scores. Hold up. He was incapacitated the whole oh, yeah. time. He was just flat the entire time. R.I.P. Yeah, he was swimming like a fish flopping <laughs> like a little like a fish <laughs> you know, know the way that fishes do nick cousins scored in the eighth minute ninth minute uh with his second goal of the season season and Derek <laughs> stefan's the season Derek stefan's sixth assist and josh archibald's second assist unless you count killing robbie fabry as an assist in which case it's his third um just it was just a blue line to blue line pass from archibald through someone guess who it was it was jordan schmaltz uh, i'm gonna say jay bowmeister i guess we got two of them yeah, now. there we go step on skates but at least they're on the same pairing that's good Stepan <laughs> skated in with just edmondson between him and the net, who of course makes the dive move because we don't have another defensive move. Go prone and see if it helps you. It didn't. <laughs> the puck miraculously avoided Edmondson and got to Cousin. Cousins, who finished on the back side, empty net. Uh, Richard Panic scored a goal almost 10 minutes later, assisted by Henestroza. Uh, and then a third period happened and some stuff happened. I think there was another goal by the Coyotes. I'll be honest, I didn't watch. Neither did any of you. Who cares? I have a question for you. Yes. 
Did Jordan Osterley play for a different team last year? Yes, I believe he was part of the Henestrosa trade. Okay, so then we got Derek Stepan, he used to be a Ranger. Uh-huh. You got Vinny Henestrosa, he used to be a Hawk. You've got Richard Ponick, he really used to be a Hawk. I going to say Banana Hammock. For you got Banana Hammock, he used to be a Hawk. <laughs> I'm just looking at all these names, and I'm like, man, what a weird island of misfit toys oh, the yes. Arizona Coyotes are. No jab at them, I really wish them the best, and I think it's kind of fun when they actually play pretty well. But it's just weird to hear all these names like, oh, yeah, you're here, and you're here. It's like Oliver Ekman Larson, um, our boy from Chesterfield, what's his name, Clayton Keller, and then, like, Jacob Chikrim, and they've got, like, one other guy that's theirs. Homegrown, yeah. That they drafted. Dvorak, is he up there anymore? Yeah, he's still there, I believe. Okay. And, like, everybody else is somebody else's. That's a good point. I've never just, really thought of it, but anyways, those for names all will the just players pop out. they've drafted and should have developed, they sure haven't drafted or developed. <laughs> Ryan good job. Strom, I guess they just let go of or Dylan Strom, whichever one, Dylan Strom. Yeah, good job, twenty-seven-year-old GM. Yeah, way to go, kid. Um, go back to community college. <laughs> Man, we hate him hang here. Out, hang out with Jeff and Troy and Abed and the other ones. I just called all the ladies the other ones. <laughs> great, great. Um, Good stuff. <laughs> we were outshot 44 to 26 in this game by a team that was 27th in the league in that category entering the game. And Arizona, and that was our third highest shot total in the year. Great job. Um, <laughs> we still won 59% of the faceoffs. The Blues are one of the three highest teams in the league in this category, and they're all crappy. It's also Philadelphia and Los Angeles. Who would have thought? <laughs> the Blues allowed seven power plays, but only one goal, so I guess that's good. Our PK's looking pretty there good. There you go. We were 0-2 on the power play. We had 28 total penalty minutes. I do believe uh, at some point in the third period, Tarasenko argued with the ref and got himself a 10-minute game misconduct. He We had 31 hits to the Blues 13, or we excuse me, to the uh, Coyotes 13, and we had 15 blocks to their 14, and we had five giveaways to the Coyotes 7, apparently, but I'm beginning to think giveaways are just made up on the spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a train wreck. Would you like to talk about the Edmonton game? The Edmonton game was a different kind of train wreck. Oh, yes. It was the more... more slow, painful guy. Yeah. It was like when I was driving down Olive before Thanksgiving. I don't know if I told you this. And I was in the lane to... I was in the right lane of like a two-lane street or whatever. Olive. You know, I just told you which one. <laughs> Anyways, I'm driving, and then I'm pulling into a right turn lane. And the lady behind me... how many me, lanes were there? Well, there were two on Olive, but now there were three because the right turn lane, you see. So I had moved over to the right one, uh-huh. and the lady behind me moved up. Uh-oh. And then the left lane next to her was a giant dump truck. And this lady, I don't know how I don't know how you miss looking at it. I don't know how you miss hearing it. Was it snowy or anything? Or was no. It, it was cloudy, I guess. <laughs> And she merged into it, and not like kind of in front of it, not kind of behind it. It was right next door. She merged into its wheel. And slowly, you know, not some big 90 degree turn. So she like hits next to its wheel at a really like, you know, 30 mile an hour pace where they're both going. And you just hear this (laughs) sound as it's just chewing up the side of her car. She's not under anything, none of that. 
It's just like the wheel of the dump truck is the size of her car, and that metal is rolling next to it. Oh, Like, no. just tearing up her door and stuff. So she was fine. Yeah. Well, as far as I can tell, I kept driving. Oh, no. But I was like, ooh, I think it was right before Thanksgiving. I was like, happy Thanksgiving. Bye. That's what the Edmonton Oilers game was like. <laughs> Edmonton had an A on his jersey. That was great. I'm guessing. Do they have three A's now? Is that the deal? Yeah, Tarasenko and whichever other two. Whoever they decide to toss one on this game. I don't know. Um, Next week it'll be Ivan Barbashev. Yeah, I bet Sunquist had one. We'll say that. Probably. Blues did a bang-up job in the first period. They looked like they did a much better job clogging up the slot than I've seen in a while. They're making exits out of their own zone really quickly. Bortuzzo had a nice scoring opportunity created by Cairo, who sped behind the net. I noticed Bortuzzo actually a lot in this period, an awful lot. And for good reasons, too. It seemed like he was actually jumping up into the play and seemed to be very active in the D zone, separating guys from the puck. Yeah, at one point he was way behind the play, like just murdering two Oilers. Yeah, players. I can't I was remember. Like, cool. I can't remember where that was, but he hit somebody and then. I know he got up and he hit um, Dreisaitl again, and then Dreisaitl and him were drawn for a while. And that seemed to be as excited as this team got outside of the two goals that were scored, and that was about if it. there have been subtitles, would it have said Robert Bortuzzo, Jaws, and Leon Dreisaitl, Jaws, and German? <laughs> Which is, is it Yaws or something? <laughs> <laughs> Yaws. Blues really tried to create a lot, a lot of offense, I noticed, from behind the net in this period. It seemed over and over again it would be Ryan O'Reilly punching the puck out to Sanford or Thomas. We were both on his line for a little while there, and then it seemed like within 10 minutes Tarasenko had taken Thomas's spot, which is fine, but I was like, why even bother changing lines? Mm-hmm. I, a lot of coaches do this. They make this big change. It's like, oh, that's weird. These guys that only practice together a little bit on those lines don't seem to be doing very well. And they're like, well, back to the normal lines. So, I don't know. It was fine either way. Any coach we have, I just want him to commit to lines. Just for once. Just once. Even game to game. Even if it's not for, like, stretches at a time. Yeah. it, It was weird because then I think they, I don't know if they flipped back and forth or if it was just guys coming off the bench at weird times. But sometimes they're like, all right, Tarasenko's on that line. Sometimes Thomas would be out there again. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're just flip-flopping people around all period. But it worked for a moment because Ivan Barbashev scored a goal at 6.05 in the Read first the period. on this bad boy. <laughs> Oscar Sundquist is second assist of the season. And Jordan Nolan. So His first assist ever. <laughs> Oscar Sundquist I know is number 70. But then also for a split second they showed a 71. And I was like, wait, that's Oscar Sundquist. But then... Oscar Sunquist showed up somewhere else, and I was like, okay, who's 71? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's Jordan Nolan. I've only ever seen you in a Kings jersey ever. But he's ours now, mm-hmm. and he's got a point-per-game pace in the NHL. <laughs> he's fantastic. Two Oilers, including McDavid, tried to defend Sunquist behind the net. Sunquist punched the puck out to Barbashev in the low slot. <laughs> Pyah! Great feed from Sunquist behind the net. To Barbashev, Barbashev puts it up and over. Oh, what's their goalie's name again? Talbot. Quick. Oh, Talbot. I was back on <laughs> we were, the Kings. I was like, for some reason, I want to say Talon. Dale Talon in that. 
And then later on in the period, 1332, Braden Shen scored a sixth of the season, assisted by Chris Butler, his first assist as a blue this season, and probably, I don't know, let's say his fifth assist ever That's, as a blue. You're talking about sea butts? Sea mm. butts. From I, I saw Braden Shen skating into the slot, and I thought, mm-hmm, I'm going to pass him the puck. <laughs> Chris Butler... Went to Chaminade with, like, Paul Stasny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, I did. <laughs> but he grew up in Jefferson County. Of course he did, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Butler fired a slap shot from the blue line. It bounced heavily off the end boards to Talbot's surprise, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> to his right, Talbot Just was... like a minute, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talbot was out of position. Shen collected the puck and whipped a wrister at a very severe angle into the open net past mm, Talbot. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Save it. Man, I wish Chris Butler was any of what this is. <laughs> but I bet he's just a wet uh, blanket. <laughs> he's got nice facial hair. That's right. I'll give you that. That's right, I do. That's right. <laughs> By God. First period ended. Blues actually looked pretty good. I am a pessimist, and I was like, they're not going to look good anymore. And they heard you me. Right. And they said, sure, why bother? Man, Jordan Kyrou's fast, and this is just this game. But he sure bobbles the puck a lot. And you know what? Not like in a... I said bobble, but not like a bobbly way. Not in a way that's rolling everywhere. He just kind of loses it. (laughs) No, no, it's not bad in this one way. It's bad in this totally different way. There were just a couple times where he had the puck, and then he kind of like... It's kind of like me kicking a soccer ball. You're supposed to kick it and then like kick it every, like I don't know, two steps or whatever. I kick a soccer ball every like ten steps. Mm. And it seemed like Kairou almost was so fast that the puck got out ahead of him and would just be on an Oilers stick really quick. I just noticed that happened a couple of times. It didn't lead to the Oilers goal, but there was an Oilers goal. Four minutes into the second period, Ryan Nugent Hopkins scored his seventh, assisted by Darnell Nurse and Chris Russell. Thomas and Allen can't find the puck when it gets pushed to the front of the what, net. What, what a group of point collectors yeah. in this game. You want Chris Russell wants a point? Jordan Nolan wants a point? Why not? Oh, yeah. I forgot Chris Russell was on this team. There's I thought another you were tired. Russell, too, so I just had to like triple and quadruple check that it wasn't that one. Oh, yeah. Every time like, Doc said Patrick, Patrick Russell, I thought he just had completely thought he was forgotten <laughs> who Chris Russell was. And I was like, God, this guy's so senile. And then I'd be like, Oh, you're right. Okay, you're right. But it bothered the hell he out of me. He had the name, but it wouldn't go! Oh, yeah. <laughs> this goal, though, by Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it was an interesting one. It was real close into Allen. It was just bounced into Robert Thomas's pads or, you know, his pants or something. No one can really find it. The first person to find it is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, mm-hmm. who just kind of whacks at it and it goes in. Not a great goal, but it's also, I don't know, those are ones that if we were a winning team, I just go, eh. Stuff Tom, happens. Tommy Hummel's very own beloved Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I kept I kept an eye on Ryan Nugent Hopkins this game, and you know what I gotta say? I was he was growing on me. <laughs> in this game, he was growing on me. He was also playing the second worst team in the league, but he was growing on me. Uh, not second worst anymore, buddy. It's officially a tie. Oh really? Ooh, we're oh, in tie yeah. for last. Sink <laughs> oh, yeah. this ship. And the uh, I guess technically the. Kings do have the head-to-head record on us, so... In the words of the captain of the Titanic, let's sink their <laughs> ship. <laughs> oh, wait, we did... Oh, because we got a point last night, oh, so we, we did climb above them, so we are in the clear there. We're sinking. We're in the process. Second period... And someone will say we do have two games in hand on them as Jesus. well. Yeah, and we're going to win those 100% <laughs> of the time. Blues tried to play a very fast game in the second period. 
that's not their game against the Oilers. And that is their game. So the Oilers just look better all period. <laughs> I couldn't believe how fast the Oilers were playing while Ken Hitchcock was behind the bench. <laughs> Who yeah, also... We didn't talk about that much. I gotta tell you, that guy, and I know he kind of fluctuates, looks like he lost some weight. Hey, there you go. It looks like when he first came here. Way to go, Kenny. That's good. The good hockey for you. sweatshirt's fitting again. And stuff. And, st- and that's all. Sam- okay, well, that's right. Second period. Sanford gets a goal waved off due to goalie interference. I'm okay with them waving it off because Tarasenko does make contact with the head of Talbot, who is at the top of the crease, but, like, I get it. He had didn't hit him necessarily hard, but definitely made, like, arm contact with his head. I'm not okay with them giving Tarasenko an interference penalty. The Oilers defenseman Benning moves backwards, closing the gap between himself and Talbot, pushing Tarasenko into Talbot's way. Plus, Tarasenko has just as much right to that ice as Talbot does. The Thank guy's you, Brendan Shannon. <laughs> on the top of his crease. It's absolutely... If you'd said that with like 40% less character in your voice, you would have just been... <laughs> and Brendan Shannon, the league rules. This, <laughs> I want to see that's like in conclusion. <laughs> yeah. like, Jesus, Brendan, it's not a book report. <laughs> like, I hit somebody, at least be like upset. In conclusion, Tom Wilson did try to murder this player. Yeah. With an ice pick. That is frowned upon in the NHL. Fade the black. <laughs> Executive producer, Dick Wool. <laughs> the NHL Department of Safety has decided to suspend Tom Wilson four games for ice pick. <laughs> <laughs> like, so dumb. It was, it was a dumb call. It was a bad call. The power play didn't end up with any sort of goal being scored in it, so that's all right. Oh, yes, this is when Bortuzzo went That's after crazy. at the end of the PK. <laughs> I forget the first Oilery hit, but then he hit Dreisaitl, and him and Dreisaitl started pushing back and forth. Is this a contract year for him? Uh, I think so. I want to say... I feel like you keep him. I was going to mention this. We need to talk about this. Let's, two let's for talk about four, it. four, two for 4.5, I don't know. I think he's a stand-up seventh defenseman. Shit, I think he's a stand-up third-pairing regular defenseman. Mm-hmm. And you have to have someone be there. There's no way you can't. You can keep him for less than two million easy. Mm-hmm. You go. How about one five for you? I don't even know what he makes now. <laughs> one seven maybe. Is that one of those weird things where when they offer it to him, they would like never expect him to say no. You just go. How about one five for you? Like in the locker room mm-hmm. without the agent present, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay. And you're like, all right, let's done deal. With other players, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's in. Everyone knows what Robert Bertuzzo's worth. He's currently making one point one five. Oh yeah, one five. He's getting a raise for Christ's <laughs> sakes. He's also twenty nine, which he strikes me as he should be like forty. But yeah, he's not. Fucking. Doug Armstrong is a car salesman. Even Chris Butler's only 32 and also gets paid league minimum to be in the God. NHL, which is just insulting. Do you look at some like, of these guys? Like, give him a two-way contract, yeah. but give him a little bit when he's out there, jeez. <laughs> look, I don't think Chris Butler looks like a disgustingly old human being, but do you ever look at him and think, no, man, that guy's... like our friend Chris Burroughs, <laughs> much like Patrick Burroughs does. Do <laughs> so you look at him and you think, man, he's only four years older than me? Mm-hmm. Only? Mm-hmm. I thought I'm a baby-faced cherub, and this guy's, like, <laughs> had five kids in a tour of war or whatever. Oh, boy. That's right, but I don't like to talk about it. Look, we're talking a lot about other stuff, because this game mm-hmm. sucked. It Four. sure did. I had to watch it all from the bench. Okay, O'Reilly had two amazing chances this period. 
And as Doc would say, they just wouldn't go. Oh my go. god, when you Google image Chris Butler, none of the responses are this. Chris Butler. <laughs> no, yeah, he's not like a star on the Google. There's like a Chris Butler MD. There's a Chris Butler owns a brewery. There's the probably fir- a Chris Butler criminal. The first real Chris Butler image is um, That's- 25th. And one of the 24 images before him is just of Donald Trump. <laughs> So there you go. He's taken up all the spots. <laughs> but yes, it's the end of the second period. Blues did put a little pressure on, but they had at least three or four times where they either hit a post or it was a gaping wide net. They had some pretty passing plays between Thomas and company on his line where they just could not, they were just whiffing on pucks. They couldn't get in the back of the net. It was very upsetting when you lose a game 3-2 in uh, a shootout. How would uh, Doc Emmerich describe that? Oh, it just wouldn't go. But I'm sure he would say it that way, too, as well. Yeah. And that wouldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> we I, should do a whole game as a golf commentator. Just, oh, yeah. Right and Shin has the puck in the puff slot, hits the post, it wouldn't go. Oh, yeah, be like, oh. Uh... Ortuzo collects, takes a shot, and he scores. <laughs> I can't stand the it wouldn't go thing, because it's like a goal. I've seen goalies made amazing saves, and they'll say it wouldn't go. I'm like, can we credit the goalie yeah, for half exactly. a second? It wasn't like some magic that happened. <laughs> Christ, Doc. I know you're not like a real doctor, but come on. I know you're not a real doctor, but let's pretend for a while. Okay, third period was just utter crap. The Blues took like no lessons from the second period. In fact, maybe they said, you know what, that wasn't so bad, let's double down. It's only 2-1. And they did. Allen stopped a shorthanded breakaway on Cassian. I was surprised. I literally got up to walk out of my room because I was like, well, here comes the tying goal. And it didn't go! (laughs) Actually, this one should have been that because the dude glanced it off of, like, Alan's head or shoulder. Alan did not move. (laughs) But I was like, hooray! He, for the most part, looked good in this game. Until something happened. He didn't look bad. Blues forwards playing uh, too far ahead of their defensemen on the breakout in this period, too. I don't know if it was the third period. Uh, let's, let me figure this out. Was that the third period? No, it must have been the second period then where Pareko got yelled at by the ref behind the net to move the puck. Oh, no, that was an overtime. I was think. that an OT? Yeah, I think that oh. was an overtime. Oh, damn. Well, we'll just get there. I mean, honestly, third period, Oilers score a goal. I don't even remember. Oh, it's Clefbaum. Clefbaum scored a goal. Shot from the blue line. I think the Blues' theory was to get, like, three, four, five, all their bodies in front of Allen. Well, they screened them pretty good, (laughs) and it went right in. They sure did. That was 55 seconds left. That was Berube's answer was just, we need to block that shot. I heard his interview, and it's like, yeah, Uh but we could have also not let him take the shot, not let him get into the goal, into the zone, score an empty netter, score two other goals before this. A lot of options. Not, not so much this mm-hmm. year, which is kind of amazing for how bad we are. But last year, do you remember when we when we pulled the goalie, the other team scored the empty netter immediately. immediately. Oh, yeah. And then last year, too, I believe we got scored immediately on. Immediately with an E. I think we got scored on like six times. I think I looked it up. Six or seven times when the opponent pulled their goalie. Yep. No empty netters for us. You're just so a disaster. <laughs> like it can't be that hard. Ugh. Anyways, tie game. So we went to two overtime. two overtime. 
It was uneventful, right? Ref yells at Pareko. So basically when the ref told him to move it, mm-hmm. Pareko said, I can do what I want. And the ref said, really? Like, <laughs> that what? was it. You can see it on our Twitter at Two Guys No Cups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see Bud's bruise of this mess. <laughs> Is this guy like a wrestler now? He's like a wrestler. Old time wrestler. It's a cross between Steve Austin and Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With just a dash of Elvis Presley. Actually more than a dash. He's <laughs> <laughs> just having a crisis of character before our eyes. <laughs> also, wasn't this when the OTU was on O'Reilly... Gets dragged oh, yeah. down. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. Am I doing the talking? Yeah, you want to talk about O'Reilly it. O'Reilly skates in the zone on what should have been, I think, maybe a shorthanded break, right? Oh, we did take it a was penalty. four to three. Yeah. Um, which was an, an idiotic shin offensive zone slash. So, not great. Yeah, he had a bad one <laughs> earlier in the um, game, too. But, uh, yeah, O'Reilly skates into the zone, and I don't remember which oiler it was, but it's just hanging all over him. And just nothing. Just not a not a holding, mm-hmm. not an interference, not a tripping, not a anything, not a hooking. And this There's is... like four or five things yeah. they could have called, and I think they were just overwhelmed by the options and <laughs> buried the whistle in their pocket. I can't choose. <laughs> <laughs> Not to, you know, harp on O'Reilly at all because he's been our best player, but this game he had a couple times where he was almost in alone and couldn't bury it. Mm. I, I mean, Talbot's credit, he stood his ground, but it was like, I don't know if O'Reilly scores in that breakaway anyways. Oh. I'm sorry, Ryan. I don't even know if he's a good player, if I'm honest. Mm, he's a cancer. Mm, he's a tumor. Mm. What does he even do? Wins face off. Yeah. And I mean, that's not worth any money. Is (laughs) is he even that good at it? (laughs) He's definitely not winning us games with those face offs. That's right. That's right. Ship him out to, I don't know, Buffalo. That's. (laughs) I see what you did there. For some reason, that didn't register with me. You're like, why would he go there? (laughs) (laughs) Why would he approve a trade? I don't understand. Uh, Yeah, so the shootout happened. Mm -hmm. Bozak. Roofed it. Nice, mm-hmm. nice little goal to get the get the get the momentum started. That was then... like he's got like the shatty role where like if you never watched a blues game in your life before and then you saw that Shattenkirk was like in your shootout lineup, like top three, you're like, What? Yeah. So I guess Bozak is that guy that's just really good at the shootout, at least in practice. So yeah. He scored. I was happy. Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh got Jake to go. Yeah, Jake was on down. his belly. Mm-hmm. Oh, About yeah. ten seconds before the shot. That's how I would Jake look. Jake looked really did look fine most of this yeah. game, but boy did he not in the shootout. Did not look comfortable. Tarasenko didn't score. McDavid did score. But Un- I, again, a- just owning Jake Allen. Which, granted, it's Connor McDavid. It looked like a very lazy shot for McDavid. It was one of those, like, I already know I'm going to score, so dip to do There we go. <laughs> I'll wait until my spot, and there it is. Yeah, spot angle. Shen didn't score. Oilers win an OT 2-1. to one. The Blues get Three a loser two. point. 3-2. to two. They <laughs> sure do. 3-2. to two. I like how I put the fingers up to extra mock here. <laughs> like, actually, 3-2. to two. Trace to dose. Yeah, so the Blues did get a point. They found a new way to lose. We had... An- Played in a shootout this no. year, neither of the Oilers. So now we're 0 for Whoopee. 1 in the shootout, like 1 for 3, 1 for 4 in overtime. 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 
Over what time? Over all this time we've been losing. I don't really have any more blues discussion lined up. So if you're here just for the blues talk, this is your time to tune out. Yeah, get out of here. Let's talk about Tom Wilson. Didn't face any supplemental discipline for the hit we discussed. Oh, one thing. Sorry. Well, all those people are already gone. They're gone. So they don't need to hear it. I didn't like them anyways, (laughs) unless you're still listening, but then you're not them, so you're great. (laughs) The Blues play Winnipeg tomorrow. Yeah, but they'll hear this when they finish our next podcast and the first five seconds of the last one starts playing. Uh, No, 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 no. Oh, you're right. I hate that. (laughs) Whatever. Stupid podcasts. We play Winnipeg tomorrow on Friday, then we play Vancouver on Sunday. Is that here? I think it's here. And then we play Florida here, because I'll be at it on Tuesday. What do you think the Blues record is? What do you think they go in that stretch? Um, how many games? Three games. Winnipeg, Vancouver, Florida. <laughs> You're really trying to decide how critical to be. Uh, one and two. Oh, look at you. Well, you got a... A w. I'm with you. One and two. And here's what they'll do. They'll eke out the W against Winnipeg. Oh, no. We'll all be excited. And then with Vancouver, then Tur- then Florida. Yeah. Vancouver buries us. <laughs> and then we're like, whoa, but at least it's Florida on the rebound. And Florida buries us. <laughs> That's how it'll be. Okay. I'm very positive. Shall we move on to yes, Tom Wilson? Yes, go right at No supplemental discipline. Um, theoretically, a player's history shouldn't factor into the Department of pay- Player Safety's decision as to whether a hit is legal or not. Oh, I was like... <laughs> so according to Down Goes Brown, the aforementioned, uh, they had basically one of two decisions. First, they could decide the hit wasn't suspension-worthy, or they could decide it was and consequently punish him severely because it was Tom Wilson. In this case, they decided not to suspend him. I per- personally think the argument that that hit wasn't worthy of a suspension is pretty thin. Um, it was from behind, it was very late, and the argument that he tried to avoid him is pretty narrow to me. Say your PC. <laughs> I, I think too much. I'm trying to think through my words. It's like Tom Wilson hit me in the head, and now I can't think none good. Nope, not anymore. Uh, I, looking at the hit more, I kind of get that they're like, oh. I get it. I it wasn't the head. It was in the shoulder. I just, I don't see this as him, like, changing. If anything, this is an indicator that it's going to happen again for sure. I don't want to say it's like he missed, but it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, he put himself in that position to hit the guy, and it was awfully close to being, like, really, really, really bad. He didn't try awful hard to avoid it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and if if he keeps playing like that, it's, we're going to see another incident. Yeah, and that's why I really like, it's kind of a long quote, but I'm going to read it. Anyway, because this is now our no-holds-barred part of the podcast. And we love reading. (laughs) 
<laughs> I sure do. From down goes Brown in the athletic, he said. But even if the hit wasn't worth another 20 games, it was dumb. It was unnecessary. Wilson wasn't breaking up a play or creating a chance or doing anything to help his team. He just saw a guy he could paste and he couldn't help himself. Or maybe he could. Viewed generously, he seems to reconsider at the last second and try to bail on the hit, but it's too late. Either way, Wilson isn't even picking his spots. He took his massive suspension for a hit in a meaningless preseason game and now this. The problem is that there just doesn't seem to be an off switch. He just hits whoever he can, however he can, and then apologizes later if he needs to. It increasingly feels like this can only end one of two ways. Either very, very badly with somebody getting seriously hurt and Wilson sitting out most of a season, or with Wilson changing his game so radically that he's not Tom Wilson anymore. The ideal situation, the one where he still gets to be the dominant physical force the Capitals paid $31 million for but doesn't throw dumb hits that hurt his team and risk massive suspensions for no benefit, just doesn't seem to be an option for this guy. What do you think about that and the hit in general? I mean, you already said that, but any final thoughts? I've said my piece. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's how I see it. I really do think he's not going to clean his game up. I don't see it. It's there's too many times where he had the opportunity to, to clean it up and he didn't. I feel like this hit is like the warning. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, it's like he was he hadn't really done anything since coming back and this is the one where he's like, "Oh, I'm still broken." And then it's like 5 games from now where he hits the one where it's like, "Oh, so you're going to prison." Now. <laughs> I really think he's just going to have to sit out a season. Oh, yeah. He for sure is getting another suspension. That one's going to be... 40, 50. It's got to be at least half a season. It's got to be double what he got. And can you really appeal that? I mean, you can. You You legally can. But it's like... Whatever. Whatever. So all of this boiled into a frothing boil. I guess I should have said warmed into a boil, but hey... I'm not so good with words. Uh, When Ryan Reeves, our old friend Ryan Reeves, late in the second period of a Vegas Washington Cup, Washington Capitals Stanley Cup final rematch in Las Vegas, uh, Wilson unloaded a pass and Reeves hit him from behind on the blind side and a little late. Uh, But I actually think it looks much worse full speed. And apparently the Department of Player Safety agreed because they also did not suspend Reeves. I slowed down. It's clearly shoulder to shoulder. The ref tells Reeves he's ejected because Wilson's hurt, which is actually a rule. So Reeves missed the rest of the game. Uh, In the locker room afterwards, Capitals players and coaches said, I don't think any of us here have any clue what the player safety department bases anything off of anymore, Holtby, Braden Holtby, the goaltender, said. That's something that's completely out of our hands. Capitals coach Tom Todd Reardon, who made an ass of himself after the Wilson hit, if you'll recall from our last podcast, said, Reeves targeted Wilson the entire game. You could hear it on every face-off. You could hear that, that things were being said. It's a blindside hit on an unsuspecting player who hits his head on the ice, that's disappointing. You can put two and two together, but he targeted him the entire game. You can figure it out from there. I don't know what, what am I you've said what I'm figuring <laughs> yeah. out. You targeted the whole game, figure it out <laughs> yeah. from there. Yeah. Two plus two equals four. I don't know. Find your answer. <laughs> on the other side of things, uh, 
Ryan Reeves said, I thought he was just looking at his pass and ran into a lion in the jungle. I thought he actually saw me. It looked like he took a peek, and if he sees me, I know he's going to try to lay me out, and I'm not going to get let that happen. That reminds me of that little girl in the very famous YouTube video that says, uh, talks of talking about the monsters and says, I'm going to have to kick his ass because if he comes in here, he's going to kick my ass. <laughs> That's what that reminded me of. I don't know if you've seen that old video, but it's great. And Gerard Gallant said, it's a queen hit. There's nothing wrong with it. The Department of Fire Safety agreed. Now, I will say a rumor circulated today that Ryan Reeves was signing and selling pictures of this of him skating away from this hit oh, with Wilson crumpled on the ice. If that rumor's true, he's a scumbag and should cease and desist immediately. I did hear someone from Vegas say that it had been debunked and was fake news. I don't know if that's true or not. These uh, days, you never know. But I'll keep track of it. If that's true, that's real shitty. Overall, I kind of aired my thoughts the night this happened on Twitter, but you cannot be angry about this hit and also say that the game needs to police itself. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot with Tom Wilson. One of the defenses is, well, this only happens because there are no enforcers out there. This only happens because nobody stands up to Tom Wilson and kicks his ass when he does stuff like that. Well, this is the game you get as a result, if that's how you want to play the game. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play the game that way. That's why I want Wilson to be handily suspended the next time he tries to ice murder someone. But this is the world you live in if that's how you want the game to work, I think. Yeah, I didn't see actually all that much wrong with it. I thought it was a little I thought it was a little late. But I thought it was clean. It was just big. And I think a lot of times when big hits happen these days, people are up in arms. And really kind of to your point about um People want the game to be policed. Big hits happened back in the day, and I feel like they just let they that just happened and yeah. that was over with. Then they fought about other stuff like really dirty hits. But now in days, people like fight over big hits, which annoys the hell out of me. And they take that out of context. I get why this one was talked about. It's the names the it's a big hit, but it's also the names of the players and who's involved. But I think if you make this. Colton Pareko on oh god I don't even know that, Johnny Gaudreau I'll no. say I'll say Patrick Russell <laughs> there you go. people are like it's a complete non-issue yeah yeah people want to be mad in Washington because they think Tom Wilson's getting unequal yeah. treatment and they finally get to be off of the defensive and on the attack for once in terms of like hey you hit our player exactly, they should know yeah and they should know what it looks like. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not out for blood like that. Nobody, Nobody is. Well, some people Nobody. are. Nobody. Nobody on this podcast. Are you a professional assassin? You're out for blood. I a am. vampire? I'm the man. A bat? Like the killers say in that song. We're, do- we're done here. Bill Nye the Forward Guy <laughs> signed a six-year, $6.9 million contract in the 11th hour, the 12th hour, really, the final moments of the deadline. Uh, to stay with the Toronto Maple Leafs, meaning this whole story was basically irrelevant. <laughs> it could have, that was always an option. Yeah. <laughs> um, it feels like that's more of a win for the Leafs side of things, but not yeah. by a whole lot. Uh, it will give Leafs fans unearned confidence that everything will just turn up roses for them and their negotiations and things. Uh, Brian Burke thinks the Leafs screwed up because he's... 
old. Brian Burke, and he hadn't had a hot take yet this week. He actually had, but who cares? <laughs> um, and Nylander says Dubas has promised him no trades, and I think Dubas even said that in the press conference, which, Kyle, that's stupid. You're stupid for saying that. <laughs> that is a stupid thing, and you're very stupid. <laughs> because, to me, that's not something, that's not a promise he can make. Yeah. Because he can't. He can say, I won't trade you. He can say, I'm not going to seek you out. He can't say that the Coyotes won't come and say, hey, Oliver Ackman Larson for William Nylander, sound good? Mm-hmm. Or something that you have to accept if you're the Coyotes, you know, whatever. Oliver Ackman Larson in a first for William Nylander. Yeah. And if that, just don't say it. Just don't, just don't say it. Don't say things that you cannot possibly yeah. hold yourself to. They made... Interesting comments on the Dangle, Steve Dangle podcast about this, where they were saying it doesn't matter what he said. Like, it, just because he makes a promise doesn't mean he's not going to go do something, you know, not make the trade essentially. And they're like, and so don't worry about promises and stuff that, you know, he'll just do what he has to do. That's true. I completely agree. Yeah, and he, but that and he, also makes him a bad person. No, exactly. <laughs> but it makes you shitty. Yeah. Like, if you're just going to make promises and you go, yeah, well, the whole point is I can just do whatever then, like, I don't give two shits about your promise. Yeah, and then also that affects every other negotiation exactly. you ever have. Oh, I, you promised me this, or you promised Nylander this, and then you got traded, so you have no more, like, leverage in promised land here. No more king of promised land for you. Yeah, exactly. I just don't... Young 32-year-old GM. <laughs> We're tired of young GMs. Exactly. We want old 80-year-old want... crusty GMs. We want Chuck Fletcher... Is now officially the GM of the Philadelphia Flyers. Any thoughts on that? Sorry, Philly. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry about it. I am sorry about it. We said it last they s- podcast. What batshit crazy trade is he going to make? They say his chief goal is to compete this year, which, okay, Monster Man. <laughs> um, Morgan Frost, Shane Gostisbehere. I think Goss is very good straight. And two yeah. first round picks for Jonathan Quick. That's what happened. <laughs> oh my god. That's what happened. Because oh. I've heard Quick's in the rumor mill. So. Look, I'd love Jonathan Quick. They he's have the also space. He's a glass man. He ain't got bones. He's got be, glass. How insane would that be though? That'd be the insane that they'd go I to. I mean, I'd love it, because we need more crazy crap. We do. I want more. Like you say, just let just give me more chaos. Yeah. And speaking of chaos, should we close this out with a little card battle? <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna banish you to the shadow realm. Oh, with your blue eyes, white dragon, take your packs. Any more? Any fancy uh, Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there? Oh, we gotta know. We got to know. Because if you are, stop playing. <laughs> it's so, twenty. 18. I had to check on my computer. <laughs> the time is 2018. So for those of you who haven't joined us before, um, we played this once. Oh, maybe people are into ASMR. Is this but, good for you? <laughs> <laughs> so, someone just threw their phone across yes, the absolutely. room. Uh, so we do this where um, we basically have a, a two packs today of trading of hockey trading cards, and we just discuss the players that are on them and whichever one is deemed a better player that person gets to keep both cards and it's a fun way of talking about players we'd never talk about 
on a regular basis. It's a fun way of getting to know the league a little better. And plus, these cards are sexy. We can put them on Instagram. This time, they're not weird little <laughs> 70s cardboard cards. They're real upper deck cards. They're not so. all these cards. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so do you want to go from the back that we can see or from the front that we can't? No, I'm going from like this, from that side. Is that the back? The, I, I would think the part without the players. The back. So are you playing the card I can see the name of or the one that you're facing? Oh, face? I see what you're saying. No one else does, but I do. <laughs> this one. You play yours, and you. I'll just follow the suit. <laughs> okay, this one. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got pa- Pavel Bushnevich. He's on my fantasy team, but he's on the IR. Of the New York Rangers, I have Logan Couture. You can take Pavel. San Jose Sharks. Let's see. Couture's career high 34 goals in 2017-18 led the Sharks, as did his 10 power play tallies. He also stopped topped San Jose's forwards with 72 block shots. And you know where Logan Couture was born? He's a good old boy from Guelph, Ontario. Barf. And now I know that forever. <laughs> I will never forget it, much like Pierre Maguire. Have you heard from him lately? Pierre? Has he called you? <laughs> I mean, like, I yeah, feel like we I'm... Do, in, we still do our weekly chats, for sure. I've missed some of our NBC games. I don't think I've heard him at all no, this whole he, year. Is he battling illness or something? I think he did have cancer, but I think he's alive. <laughs> for a period. <laughs> all right, next card. I got me... Jamie Ben. I've got me. Ooh, this is a tough one. I think you win it. I do have 2017-18 Vesna Trophy winner Pecorine. Ooh. That's real close. One of them was better last year, but do one we, of them's a better player. Do we go for the, we go for the next one? Okay. I'm scared. Yeah, me too. Oh, boy. Oh, I don't know. Okay. I got Braden Point. Ooh, I'm going to lose. Oh, shit. <laughs> Un- I've got... Uh, let's see. This player notched his second NHL hat trick and became the first Boston Bruin to score four goals in a game since 1999-2000 as Boston visited the Hurricanes or beat the visiting Hurricanes <laughs> on January 6, 2018. Name that player. Oh, D- Dimitri Chara. Chase <laughs> Bergeron. These are two of my favorite players uh, on the cards I've put down. I'll Dimitri tell you that Chara. much. Um... I'd like, to say, one more? I'd like to say I know that Chara's first name isn't Dimitri. That was <laughs> Just, more for a I, joke. I do know it's Dan. <laughs> Dan Chara. I don't know. I mean, I would like to do one more, but I also kind of concede that on body of work, Patrice Bergeron's better than Braden Point. Okay, okay. No, uh, in, yeah, you know okay. I'll give it to you. Okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> Because with my next card, uh, I can count to potato. It's Dustin Brown. I don't even want Dustin Brown, but but does Derek Broussard better than Dustin Brown? I think so. Okay. It wasn't last year, but body of work. But I don't want Dustin Brown. <laughs> well, this is going to be an interesting one to beat. You, you go ahead and play your card. I have... Oh, yeah, you've got this guy. I've never heard of him because he's a young gun. He's Dominic... Cahoon Coon. Cahoon. Uh, ooh, I've heard of him. He's a Dominic Kakuna. And I've got 25 under 25's Austin Matthews. Oh, well, goodbye. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about it. Austin Matthews won the Calder Trophy in 2016-17 and helped lead the Toronto back to the postseason. The ter- cap year number two. To cap year number two. There we go. And also, right. he's broken his shoulder. We're... 
50% certain. He's certainly dead. All right. Your next card, my next oh, card. Oh, my boy, Brendan Gallagher. Oh, you're going to win it because I gave you TJ Brody. God, I know this is how this works, but I don't want these other crap players. <laughs> you got good ones on yours. How about, what do you got against my Vladislav Nemesnikov? Well, I can tell you that I will win with this card that was taken in front of the C and the O and the Geico sign at Enterprise Arena, although it was probably taken last year. It's <laughs> Jason Spezza. <laughs> yeah, you can have Jason Spezza in his <laughs> weird I, I laugh. I will love him and cherish him. And you can also see blue sweaters in the background. So They probably beat us. They probably did. Ken we Hitchcock figure stars. out what game that was taken in. Colin Wilson of the Avalanche. Riley Sheehan, but your card is cooler, so you get to keep Colin Wilson. That was the easiest answer because I honestly don't know. <laughs> I, gu- I guess Colin Wilson. Let's look at these stats here. What is the most points Colin Wilson ever had? He had a 42-point season. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, Riley Sheehan. Didn't Riley Sheehan have, like... Yes, he did. He had the two-goal year in 2016-2017, uh, where, like... And before that, he had scored, like, no goals in forever. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. I love him. I love him. It's all I love him. it. I feel like that wasn't a great deck for you. Although you could have. I had some good you stuff. You took it from me. Ben over Rene. Maybe I should have just given you that. No, one. no, no. No, no, no. Sure? I think Rene, like, that's hard for it's goalie close. versus skater. It's hard skater, to do a goalie versus skater. But that's true. It's, it's fine. Here, it's I'll, fine. I'll play first on okay. this one. Oh, baby. <laughs> it's a locker room cancer, Alexander Steve. Uh, what a weird celly he's doing. My is white blood cells. Or is he injured? <laughs> Tell me about this, Guardian. What? I don't even... <laughs> I have no idea what he's Remind doing. Remind me to post a picture on Instagram and Twitter of this, because... Folks, these are my feelings right now. Exactly how he looks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I win him easy. Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, there you go. That's a good W. That's a nice W. <laughs> That's a good W. <laughs> I've got the Beard of Wonder and not very good hockey player, Matthew Perot. Oh, boy. Sammy Vatnin. Who even knows? Sure, I think I'll you take win. him. I think you win. I can tell you really wanted <laughs> Sammy Vatnin. <laughs> I give you a player that the Ottawa Senators really wanted in a trade for Eric Carlson that they did not get Timo Meyer. Against my Sven Berchi? Oh my god, I might have actually I won that I think you won one. that. <laughs> That's Man, a cool Sven Berchi card, though. Sven used to be it. like, he got drafted in the first round, say, on the back. He was a big prospect, yeah. Let's see, Sven Berchi, Lagenthal, Switzerland. I thought you said Lagenthal. It doesn't say when he was drafted. Weird. Hmm, but weird. I think he was a first rounder. Yeah, I remember that name for a while. Yeah, exactly. How about Alexander Venberg for UD Portraits? Ooh, I think you win my Matt's Zuccarello card. I think you win. I don't know. Wimberg had a great rookie season. Let me look at these. Let me let's let's this. let's run the <laughs> let's, let's run the contrast. numbers. Did Wimberg play? Oh no! It's just telling me his last season. Interesting. Yeah, I'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> Remember Matt Zuccarello was really good. Yeah, kind of. Huh. huh. I mean, it wasn't huh. like, it wasn't great. He was just really good. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. he's like a three and a half star player. 
How about Shane Gostas Bear, Ghost Bear? This is going to be a tricky one to judge against because it is Yaramir Yager, but it's last year's Yaramir Yager. <laughs> so is it body of work or is it cut by the flames, Yaramir Yager? Oh, wow, but it really is last year's Yaramir Yager. <laughs> okay, then I get that one. Okay, there you go. I mean, I don't want it again, but you know. <laughs> I like this. I didn't realize they had ones that were like last year. Yeah, exactly. Neat. He's old. You get to win, Kevin LeBanc. I don't know. What about Danton Heinen? Oh, boy. Let's do the old compare and contrast. 2017-18, Danton Heinen had 31 points to Kevin LeBanc's 29, but Danton Heinen, oh, excuse me, 47 points to Kevin LeBanc's 40. Uh, LeBanc was a minus 6 to Danton Heinen's plus 10, and LeBanc did have 22 more penalty minutes, I think. Those are your cards to keep. Great, great stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ooh, this one. This one's a keeper. This one's collectible. It's Tanner Pearson, but in his L.A. jersey. Ooh, speaking of Alex from L.A., it's Alec Martinez. I don't know who wins. Alec Martinez blocks a lot of shots and stuff. Give me the old rundown. Hmm. I think I get Alex Martinez. <laughs> Was that loud enough and you understood why? Alright. Last one. Do you I have one know. more? I thought you were going to be like, oh, I, I don't do. have it. It is Mikhail Sergachev that I just threw halfway across Ooh, the Ooh, I like that. Against my Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, there you go. You won them both. What a game. What, what a, a game. game. What a game. We all had fun. All the participants had fun. Especially the listeners at home. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting a card that was taken in St. Louis's arena, <laughs> even if it wasn't of a blue. Folks, so there you go. Tune in next time when we play uh, the collector's Pokemon card game. Or I uh, get two Pokemon packs and do it. <laughs> I think Stu and I are going to get take our hands at uh, what's that one that Blizzard has online. Hearthstone. We're going to play Hearthstone <laughs> against each other. We're going to open $300 worth of packs. Tune in live. It'll be lots of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be lots of me having no idea what's going on, really. And then writing, Dear Blizzard. <laughs> See? You can always do that. Uh, Their inbox is always open. Excellent. Until our next Blizzard, which hopefully we don't have, because... That will delay recording considerably. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning in to the Two Guys No Cup podcast and enduring with us through our tragic day on Twitter. We will talk to you next week. Sayonara. See you later.